If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? The show that brings you in where the magic happens. Welcome to The Writer's Room. Hello and welcome to Civ Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Civ Pop writer, Chance All. Hello, glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. It's it's so great to finally have you on the show. It's I mean, I say that with every writer we have, but um, <laughs> yeah. we write for CivPop.com, providing you with best ever challenges, movie reviews, and other media-related articles. Make sure you check out the website, CivPop.com, to keep up with those. Uh, we have a great show for you this week. We're going to start off here in the pitch, which is now, so it's good we're on schedule so far. And after that, we're going to move to the coming attractions, where we give our thoughts on what's coming out this week, and then move on to the Civ topic uh, where we're going to be talking about TV. This is our TV catch-up week, and our coming attraction is going to be The Devil All the Time, by the way, coming out on Netflix on September 16th, the day this episode launches. Uh, but first, before we get into all that, uh, let, let's get a chance to know our writer this week. So, uh, Chantal, uh, when did you realize that you had a passion for movies? I think when I realized I had a passion for movies it was probably when I saw... What did I see when I was just like, it had to be The Lost Boys because okay. like with that film, it was like, I would, I, it's like an 80s movies, but I think it's because I like started with 80 movies. I instantly fell in love with it because it was like scares and it wasn't like all about gore and blood and that it was just one of those, like one of those movies where it literally genuinely scared you without having to do like scare jumps and having to be like grotesque just to scare someone. So it's like, for me, I was just like, this movie is pretty, it's like pretty interesting, even though it was like so old, but they made it just look like believable. And with some eighties movies now, they don't like, they don't hold that. They just look very corny. Sure. So what's your favorite movie and why? Um, I would have to say once again, it's another eighties movie. It is The Goonies. Okay. <laughs> it, it will always be The Goonies. <laughs> okay. Because it's just like, it's one of those movies where it's like, you're on a treasure chest and you're a uh, treasure um, hunt and you're with your friends and it's like, you're running into all these different booby traps and you got the bad guys and you have the hero and it's just, it was one of those other movies where it's just like, oh my, this movie is like so cool and fun. And it's just like really kind of like sweet because it's like you're with your friends and it's like your friends banding together and being able to take on the bad guys and find the treasure chest. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, so it's like, yeah, that's a, a terrific pick for a best movie ever. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so when and how did you get involved in writing for Sif Pop? I got a DM from Blake. He, noticed my page on Instagram and he was like I'm starting up this website and I would love for you to join and he's like would you like to join and I was like of course so after that it was just like a quick like talk and I was just like agreed I'm like I'm on I'm like sign me up so that's how I got involved cool. with Sif Pop 
Awesome. Before we move on, we have one more just kind of silly random question for you. And that is when the toilet paper goes on the roll, okay. does it face you or away from you? <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. It faces, away from, it faces away from me. I always have this, like, argument about, like, which way does it go? Does it go, you know, like like you said, does it face you or does it, like, face away from you? I'm like, mine has to face away from me. I don't know okay. why. <laughs> but it has to face My away from me. My wife and I were talking, and the only way that facing away from you makes sense is if you have a cat because they like to, to kind of paw at it. But right. other than that, I just, it doesn't make sense, especially because if it like gets too high, you have to like, put, it's, it's not a like good rolling motion as opposed to just being able to do right. this. Uh, it's the, the way that I remember it is beards are cool. Mullets are not. So okay. in the front is okay. But okay. in the, in the back is not, is not the way to do toilet paper in my opinion, but Hey, okay. we can disagree okay. and still be I'll friends. <laughs> Good. Oh, I'm glad you um, on, on that note, <laughs> let's move on to The Devil All the Time. This is a <laughs> Netflix original coming out September 16th. So the day this episode launches, this should be available in your Netflix feed. A quick synopsis for this movie. Sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. This is uh, directed and written by Antonio Campos, a couple other screenplay writers on that as well, and has seemingly every popular young star out there right now in this movie. So, uh, Chantal, we both kind of checked out a little bit of information about this movie. You know, I think we both watched the trailer, all that. Yes, if this were going to be released in the theaters, so we said this could be Netflix. So if this were going to be in the theaters, yes. if there was no COVID, uh, when do you think you would get around to seeing this movie? Would you be there opening night? Would you try to catch a matinee maybe a couple weeks later? Would you wait to rent it after it's out in the theaters? Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for? Are you just not interested in watching this movie? Actually, with this film, I would have to say it would be a matinee because mostly like out here in Vegas, we have like the Tuesdays, like Tuesday special, $6. So it's like, I always go for a movie that's like cheap. So it's like this movie even though I love like half the people that's in this film, I would wait until like a matinee, like a week or so later, I'll like wait for a minute before going to okay. see it. So it's like not like a dying rush to go see it, but I eventually I will like go out and I would go see it. Yeah. I think uh, before I saw the trailer, I was exactly where you are. But after seeing the trailer, I, I think I'm in the opening weekend category, opening night category. <laughs> I'm so excited for this movie for lots of different reasons uh, that you know now we get a chance to talk about. Uh, first of all, this this just looks really intense. This has very strong. There will be blood vibes, and maybe it's because there's kind of that like backwoods preacher old timey vibe to it. Yeah. Tom Holland is doing something sinister in this movie that looks intriguing, and Robert Pattinson looks like he's going to give a career yes. best performance. Like. I just love it because it's like, like you said, it's like, it's different roles for these guys that we're not used to. So like seeing, especially Tom Holland. So to see right. him like step out of his like box, because we're so used to seeing him as Peter Parker, Spider-Man. So for him to play this role, I'm actually like very interested to see how he takes it. And I, I don't know why I always find it kind of cool how they like so easily like lose their accents just to pick up another one. It's like, they're that good with it. Right. 
So I'm actually like looking forward to seeing this film because like you said, it looks intense. It almost kind of like, not like scary, like, oh my God, scary, but like scary to where it's like, kind of makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. But it still gives off like that really good, like intense vibe, like you're on the edge of your seat. Right. And I like that. Yeah, uh, just to... We kind of mentioned the, the cast a couple times now, just to kind of run through who's all in this movie. So we mentioned Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson, both looking mm-hmm. kind of terrific in this movie. Uh, then we also have Haley Bennett is another star here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Skarsgård in this movie, the clown from It. Not in any makeup here, at least not as <laughs> big makeup. Uh, Sebastian Stan, yeah. Bucky from the uh, Marvel movies, <laughs> The Winter Soldier. Uh, Riley Keough, I'm pretty sure that's Elvis's daughter. Granddaughter. Granddaughter, right. Yes. Okay. Uh, Mia Wasikowska, that's always just a really odd last name. And one of my personal favorites, uh, <laughs> Jason Clark in this movie. So, I mean, I would consider at this actor. point Pattinson, Jason Clark, and Tom Holland, like blockbuster A-lister peoples and the rest and the rest of them, like probably will be there at some point. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, Haley Bennett, Sebastian yes. Stan. I mean, aside from the MCU stuff, I mean, he's terrific in like... What's that one movie? <laughs> I didn't see Itania. I know he's supposed to be really good in that. He was very good in Itania. He's uh, he's great in Logan Lucky. What was the one? Black Swan. He's got a relatively small role there. I mean, Hot Tub Time Machine is is a kind of guilty pleasure of mine. Of course. Uh, I, I I really like him. I'm excited to see The Martian. That's the one I'm thinking of. He's really good in The Martian. Oh yes, he is. He's really. I actually liked him in that. Right. So I mean, this this cast is terrific and. Terrific cast does not make a terrific movie, but no, not always. <laughs> I'm I'm excited about this movie. One thing that uh, that we were talking about before this got started is the director here, right? Main writer and director here is Antonio Campos, who the trailer kind of made it look like this guy's a big deal, and I just I I haven't seen anything by him. I think I've heard the name, but uh, you've seen a movie by him. Uh, what did you think of that? Um, after school was the film that I saw him in, and it had a young Ezra Miller. Um, to me, it just felt kind of, um, it felt kind of shaky in a way, because I think it was kind of like one of his, like one of his very first movies that he had done. So it was like, he was still like working on like his direction and like making sure he got the shot. So it felt kind of shaky still, but it was still a good film. But, um, I feel like with this film now that he has done with the devil all the time, it looks a lot better than what after school. Okay. The, so I'm looking forward to seeing the other writers credited for this movie is what I presume is his brother, uh, Paulo Campos. He, this is his only credit. So it's, it's not like a, you know, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, where they always, or Coen brothers, where they always work, almost always work together. Uh, this is his first credit. So, We'll see how that is. And this is based off of a novel by Donald Ray Pollock. And this is the only credit he has on IMDb except for some, uh, I believe, it's called Pagina 2. It's a TV series he plays himself from like 2013. So this is only writing credit, though. So kind of two two writers uh, that have no experience and um, this Antonio Campos, who has nothing to this extent, um, nothing that's kind of got this much, this budget behind it, right? Right. Yeah, this, like I said, this movie reminds me a lot of, like, tonally a lot, like, There Will Be Blood, it kind of mixed with a little bit of Lawless, and maybe I'm just pulling that because Jason Clark, uh, but it kind of feels like if you take both of those movies, kind of put them together, and 
you know, change up the cast a little, a little bit, you know, it kind of has that tone for this movie. And I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Lawless. I think it's a uh, forgotten gem. Oh, yeah. I, Lawless was a good film. I don't care what they say about that film. Mine, it was like a personal favorite. So I'm like, even though I'm like a huge fan of Shia LaBeouf and Tom Hardy, but it was, to me, it was like a really good film. It was just, it was enjoyable. I actually like had a good time, like watching that film. Cool. Hey, I, I honestly don't know that I have much to say about this, but that's a lot of the, a lot because the, uh, the movie, it's the trailer itself is fairly vague. The plot synopsis is fairly vague. I think they want you to experience things, but I think they just want to get you excited about how this movie is going to, to impact you in a certain way. Kind of, kind of set all that up. So, I mean, there's really not much I feel there is to be able to talk about this. Um, so I think I'm out. I mean, do you have anything else you want to say about this movie? Oh, just one thing, just to piggyback off of what you were saying, like how they made the premise like very short and vague. I think that's what's making me want to see this movie more because I want to see like what exactly is going to help like happen in this film. Like now it's just making me want to know more because it's like we have no idea what kind of plot it's going to be, but we just know that it has like a sinister feel to it and I'm all for it. Yeah, this to me, this is a good example of how you make a trailer is because it, it boosts up my excitement without me feeling like I know anything about the movie. Yes. Um, and so that's a good way to do a trailer, not like what seems like half of the movies out there and half of the trailers out there. So, Oh my uh, God, terrible. They're terrible when they do that. Yeah. So with that in mind, uh, let's let's just talk about the SIF topic then, since we don't have anything more to say about the coming track. And sh- sh- so um, we'll be talking about TV, just kind of do some catch up on TV and uh, and see kind of what's going on in this in this world, in this, in this realm of, of TV. Um, I've been able to talk about TV a lot with some people. And so to kind of get an example of, of where we're coming from, what we really are able to pull from, um, Chantal, what are, what subscriptions do you have for catching up with TV? What I have is, I feel like I almost have all of them, (laughs) but, um, it's Hulu prime, uh, Netflix, Disney plus and Apple plus. And so out of those, which, if you only were able to keep one, which would you keep? <sighs> this is the child in me. It would have to be Disney Plus. Okay. I would have to keep Disney Plus. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, at least, to, I could see how some people that would be that. I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed with how much I'm using Disney Plus, but I'm not at all dissatisfied with the service. If it costs more or right. several things like that. I think I might have a little bit more problems than I do, but I, I just don't because it's a good price. They were offering specials and you know, I, I, I know all the content that's coming. So that, I mean, that gets me excited to keep that subscription. Um, and they had a lot of stuff at yes. launch. There just hasn't really been much for the past year, but Hey, we're getting Mandalorian season two soon. And the Marvel show. Can't coming. wait. So can't wait for those. Yeah, I, I have said every single time and will continue to say that I would keep HBO Max over any subscription. If all of a sudden I lost my job and like had to cut my budget significantly, get rid of everything, I, there's HBO would be like the very last thing in the budget I would fight for out of pretty much anything because it's just so terrific. And especially like I'm a big I'm a big fan of the the Max original content as well as just the expanded content that they're getting now that it has the dc universe and criterion and tcm and all it's it's so good it really is great and frankly it's a good value i mean that i was a little bit surprised that they didn't go up in price 
Um, and especially right now where it's on sale. I'm like, for keep the pushing it. Year. I might end up getting it. Exactly. It's it's terrific. <laughs> like, so <laughs> keep pushing. I might get it. Right. <laughs> So, so what are the things that you've been watching, uh, kind of during this quarantine time? What are the things you've been kind of trying to catch up? Yeah. What are you watching right now? As of right now, um, I would have to say, I don't know why I just keep binge. <laughs> I keep repeatedly watching like Bob's Burgers. Um, I, it's just a favorite of mine. It's just something that I just love watching like almost every day. I'll just turn on Hulu, just keep it on. But Past besides that, um, it would have to be um, P Valley, which is a new show on Stars. Um, it's very, I guess I'm gonna make up a word, um, a little bit trap esque, which is like um, with the trap music and with okay. it being like um, it's like in a strip club. So it's more, it's like really trap esque, but it's like a really good show. Um, Woke is a new one that I just started. It's on Hulu. Um, it's very um into what's going on right now in the world so it's in a way it can be a little sensitive for people but um for me I I actually enjoy it I'm like in the fifth episode so and I have three more to go and then my last one would have to be of course uh Lovecraft Lovecraft Country instantly fell in love with that show and I like I literally cannot stop watching it (laughs) yeah I have never heard of P-Valley uh, we tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, P Valley is basically about a story with this girl. Her name is Haley Colton. She is running for her life, basically from a man who um, is like took over her life, and so she got. I think how does it go? She ended up getting um, separated from him during the hurricane that happened in Mississippi. So she ends up starting this new life at this popular strip club called The Pink um, out of Chuckalisa. And um, there is dancers that you have. And then you have Mercedes, which is a dancer who's trying to get out to have a better life. And then you have Uncle Clifford, who is the club discreet owner, who is actually a man who dresses as a woman. So it's it's like a lot. It's um, You have... You have the music, you have the women, you have violence, you have politics. It's just anything that can make like really good drama. And it's an all black cast, of course, and which is really awesome. So it's like nice to start seeing like diversity. So for this show to be on TV, you wouldn't believe that it would be on with the things that they do and what they can get get away with. But it's very good. Is very intriguing. It keeps you coming back for more. And then I love the fact that it has been renewed for a second season because I was nervous because I didn't know if it was going to make it or not. But it has. And I'm, like, very happy. Cool. Yeah, and um, Woke, you said, is a, is a Hulu show. That's fairly recent, right? Yes. It's very – yeah, it just came out yesterday, actually. Okay. It actually came out on Hulu yesterday. Okay. And for those of you who so, are trying to get um, a timeline, we're obviously not recording the day that this episode launches. So, right. yeah. So, uh, what can you tell me a little bit about that show? Yeah. So, it deals with a man. His name is Keith Knight. He is a black cartoonist. He's on the verge of mainstream success with his comic called uh, Butter and Toast. Or I think it's Toast and Butter. Either way, it's Butter and Toast. Same thing. But he ends up getting 
arrested for mistaken identity, but it's basically what's like how it's being seen as out there in the world, like I said earlier. So after that basically like changed his life, he starts to get like a fresh outlook on everything, but (laughs) he starts to get these voices from inanimated objects. So you have like a 40 ounce, like a trash can, a Bible, a marker, like these things are like literally talking to him and he's trying to navigate these ideas with him trying to keep everything light. But now he's woke. So he's trying to balance by keeping it light or being a woke black man. Okay. So that's what that show's about. That's uh, That sounds like something that I will add to my queue and get around to eventually, but <laughs> I can't seem yes. to keep up with much right now because there's everything out there <laughs> right. that I'm trying to catch up on a lot of old stuff too. Um, yeah, and you were talking about Bob's Burgers uh, kind of being that. It sounds like that's your of the office where as soon as you finish it, you just go back, right back to the start. Um, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I unfortunately got off the Bob's, Bob's Burger train. I, I want to get back on it, but when it when it was on Netflix, I watched all that it had and then it stopped being on Netflix and I didn't have Hulu for the longest time. So, um I would like to get back on that train, but at this point, I think I've only seen the first four, maybe five seasons, and there's what eleven out now. So it, it's just it it's will a, be <laughs> it's a big commitment, especially because each season yeah. is twenty four episodes. There's no like short seasons, so oh no, <laughs> it's it's crazy how it's like I can still be on like the same season, and I'm like, okay, I haven't gotten to the next season yet because I'm still on season like five or six, right. So. I think that's why I like it so much because there's so many episodes. It just, it just keeps me, it keeps me happy. Well, and they're, they do a really good job of by the, by the time. So I used to watch family guy pretty religiously when I was in middle school, high school. And I I stopped right about the time they switched animation uh, because I, it it was okay. uh, But I, I just wasn't loving it as much as I did in the past before. And then as soon as I kind of got out of the loop, it was just, you know, it was hard to keep up with it. And like, I don't regret at all dropping that show. Um, Me either, actually. Right. And so, so it's just kind of, kind of like that. And it's, but I feel different about Bob's Burgers because I feel like Family Guy lost its steam uh, by, by season. I don't know what season they're on now, but. Definitely by like five years ago, oh, really? it lost its steam. When Seth MacFarlane started, you know, he, I mean, American Dad is still on and was canceled and picked up by yes. TBS. But um, I don't I don't know that that show has lost its steam. I haven't watched a recent episode in a while. But, you know, the Cleveland show didn't really Same take here. off. Uh, but kind of, especially by the time he started the Orville, you could tell that he just wasn't really interested in Family Guy anymore. Um, yeah. He was interested in doing a lot of other things. And I mean, you could just tell by the quality of episodes. And I didn't get a chance to see the Orville, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I, but, 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 but I'm saying that because Bob's Burgers is going on 11 seasons and it's, yes. it, it still feels fresh from the people I've talked to. It's still it original. And based off of my you know, five season experience, there's very few episodes that kind of feel the same. Uh, I mean, they have their right. basic structure, but it's, it's, they're all really good. There's very few episodes that I'm like, I didn't enjoy that. Right. I'm the same way too with that show because it's just like how you were saying with family guy and American dad, I haven't had a chance to like really catch up with those. I I'll like see if they're like on adult swim or if I'm just bored and I'll just turn it on. And I just, it just doesn't seem the same. Like when I first started watching family guy and American dad, because I actually slowly like 
weaned myself off a of family guy and start going to American Dad because it almost felt like Seth MacFarlane was putting more of his work into American Dad than when he was with Family Guy. So I ended up falling in love with American Dad more than I did with Family Guy. But now, since I've been on this Bob's Burgers kick for like the last few years, it, those two movies, those two shows have like fallen to the waistline for me. So it's just like I almost forget that they're still on TV because I don't watch them anymore. Sure. Well, and I will forever respect what Family Guy did because it was not the first one to do adult animation because The Simpsons is kind of the one that really brought that into to mainstream right. and show that you can do that well. But Family Guy is definitely raunchier than that. And so I don't think we have shows like Big Mouth without uh, without Family Guy. And I love Big Mouth. And I right. don't think we have shows um, even like the, the animated Harley Quinn show that's out right now. Like, I, I don't think that is as good or at least as effective or potentially even exists without family guys i will forever respect what they did uh it's just kind of if you give me a choice of whether to watch family guy or american dad i'm probably putting on american dad at this point unless it's like those first like four seasons of family guy that are just really terrific right you know i just but but at the same time i'm picking big mouth or f is for family or any show like that over but i'd pick bob's burgers over either of the two right so (laughs) i would be the same way well, we will we will get back to the last show that you talked about. Uh, I want to kind of give you an update on on what I've been watching. Uh, so uh, I have not yet started season two of Future Man. I have that on my notes, but I have not yet started. I just assumed that I would have by this point. Um, I will start it soon. I uh, I just haven't, and I think I finished up Preacher season three, so I just need to watch season four. Uh, I'm a big fan of that show, uh, and I know that Same. four is the finale. I just uh, it was such a good show. I, I really liked it. I think I think it was perfectly cast yeah. and it had the right tone. It's 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 that really <laughs> it's the perfect example of a show that like I would be watching it and my wife would come home from work in the middle of an episode and she'd just be like, Okay, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and, Right, it's that kind of show. Like you just don't know what to expect at that show, and I'm like still holding on to the series finale because it's like I wasn't ready for it to end yet. So it's like. I have not watched the series finale. I do not know how it end, and I'm like, <laughs> and I don't know if I'll ever go back to watch it. I just don't know. I I definitely will. I just need to. I've I've just been really busy this last month, so I haven't been able to watch a lot of TV. Right. Um, so I I definitely will. I'm, I'm probably going to have a little bit less busy of a month coming up this one, so I will try to get that finished by the time that I record right. another episode. But um, for those of you that were listening last month, I mentioned that my wife and I finished Parks and Recreation, and so we kind of have one kind of 30-minute show that we like to watch together that we could just watch whenever. And you know, We wrapped up Parks and Rec, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. She had never seen it. Uh, and there was a couple options that we were looking at to start a new show. There was some that like I had seen that I wanted to show her. There was some that like, like there was some that I had seen recently that I wanted to show her. Uh, there was some like, uh, like, uh, like Barry. I really want to get her into Barry to watch Barry with me. I started watching that too. And I like fell in love with it. And for some reason I just stopped watching it. And now it's like, okay, you got to go back and like rewatch it because it's like, it was so good from what I watched. It's terrific. I can't wait for season three. Yeah. Uh, but so I just, it's kind of like that, but also like I, I want to watch community be, again. And so that's a good opportunity for us to do that together. Um, I never watched the dreaded season six and I don't think season five was terrible, but it definitely had a dip in quality. But anyway, so like that was an option. Uh, but we, I did convince her, we are watching the Batman animated series from the nineties. I did convince her to do that. Oh 
uh, because I've been wanting to rewatch it for a long time. And she loves watching me play the Batman Arkham games and wants to know more about the world, this universe. We watched the Dark Knight trilogy together recently. Um, and so um, <laughs> she, she's just not been accustomed to pretty much any superhero stuff except for like the Marvel movies. Um, so it's been it's yeah. it's just a pleasure of mine to be like introducing her. And what what better thing to do than to introduce her to the Batman the animated series? Because yeah, and exactly. like I said, she was she loved watching me play in the Arkham games and be like, Oh, who's this character? And what's his story? And how is this, you know, different? And so it's just now we get to show her, you know, not just things like Penguin and Riddler and Two Face, but she also gets to understand like Killer Croc and um, some of the right. like lesser known Batman. I can't wait till she sees the Grey Ghost episode because that one's just it's so unique. So you're you're smiling like you're just really happy that that I'm talking about Batman the animated series. Yes, because like that was like my show when I was like a kid. So it's like I grew up on that animated series, and when I found out that it was being um. It was on Prime when I remember seeing it the last and I was yep. watching it like religiously and I was just like, God, I'm like, I forgot how good this show used to be when I was a kid. Like I like fell in love with that show. And it's just like every time I would watch it and just hearing the theme, I was just like, oh, that was like childhood memories. It just brought back like a lot of a lot of good memories. It's just it was just like one of them really good quality like cartoon shows. Right. Yeah, it is not on uh, Amazon Prime anymore, unfortunately. Aww. The rights must have expired. It doesn't look like it's on HBO Max. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not on DC Universe, and that doesn't mean right. that it won't be on HBO Max at some point soon. Um, and honestly, if you went back and watched them now, it's terrific because what they did is probably about, uh, it was close to two years ago now, they re released the whole series in high definition, and it oh, looks wow. so good. I mean, it's obviously not like redone everything, but everything is right. sharper. The colors work better. The sound is significantly better. Just YouTube a clip of the the remastering of those episodes, and it's it's a noticeable difference. So somebody that loved them as a kid can still love them, but also it looks sharper. So it's so it's just better, more aesthetically pleasing to watching. So I would definitely um, have to check that out now. Yeah, so we're we're watching that, um, and honestly, I think the whole set was. I think I paid like seventy. Like, but that was like right when it came out. I wouldn't be surprised oh, wow. if it's closer to like 40 now. I don't know. Uh, and it comes with a digital code so you can access your Batman the Animated Series anywhere. <laughs> and I, I will briefly mention Scrubs because I am <laughs> just watching that on my own. Typically, whenever my wife goes to bed and I want to stay up for another hour, so I'll pop in a couple episodes of Scrubs. <laughs> I've gotten through, uh, I think I was at the end of season three when I last recorded. I am now kind of middle of season five. So it's it's my happy place right now. Um, and I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I got one more show to talk about before we get to Lovecraft Craft Country in depth. Because um, right. I watched, I did, I did watch one episode, the first episode of Lovecraft Country. I did that yesterday because I wanted to watch it to be able to talk about it here. Uh, and I did the same for another show that's on HBO right now. And I, I started watching Raised by Wolves. This is a HBO Max original. Oh, that what is that? Is it's high concept sci-fi. It feels almost like a spiritual sequel to Blade Runner 2049 in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of that is the pilot episode is directed by Ridley Scott. And I know he is an executive producer oh, on that. Okay. I know what show you're talking about now. I've seen like a few promos of, of it on TV. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I 
I really liked the first episode I saw. There's three episodes out there right now, and there'll be well, I guess there's four by the time this airs. Um, but I only had time to watch one, but I wanted to make sure to watch it to be able to talk about it. I, I definitely continuing the show. It is uh, it's really rich in the the messages. It's really rich in the like the themes. I think this show is and somebody who's definitely ahead of me is gonna be able to confirm it or not. I think this show is going to dive in to be an exploration of faith as well similar to the way that Ad Astra was. Um, so I'm really excited about that as a person of faith myself, but, uh, I, and I like when things yeah. can play into that. So, um, I, I'm, I'm really excited about kind of how that goes. So the story here is that there's, uh, there's two AIs, a mother and a father, they call them mother and father, but they're obviously not a mother and a father. Uh, right. and there's apparently this rule kind of like that, uh, that androids cannot raise human children, and these two androids are kind of isolated in this wide open space without them that they've human nature has become extinct. And so they wind up raising kids. They have six and within 15 minutes, all of them are dead except for one wow. uh, due to various reasons. And so the it, just to set up the story that this is a kid who's early middle school age being raised by two and has been raised by two excuse me, androids this whole time. But there is a difference because, like I said, I think this is going to be a faith exploration because you can see that this human person is longing for meaning, is longing for purpose, is longing for something to satisfy his soul. But since androids don't have souls, right. they're very clearly like, you know, we, we are atheists. And like they straight up say that. And it's like, you are an atheist too. And if and belief in something is dumb. And it's just wow. like... So I think it's going to kind of challenge him and push him to do that. And so I'm really excited to see how that goes. But it's it's just also just a really interesting story. It's a really interesting world. This is very, like I said, relatively high concept sci-fi, uh, at least for your typical stuff. So um, definitely don't watch it late at night. Don't like <laughs> when you're potentially getting sleepy. Don't watch it if you feel like you need a nap. Uh, definitely check this out, though. I'm 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 really liking it. I'm really excited to continue it. I don't know if this is planning on being a miniseries or a full series. I kind of hope miniseries is the route they go. Um, I think it's supposed to be eight or 10 episodes. Um, okay. I just, I don't know. I don't know how interested I am in watching this further past eight or 10 episodes, because I feel like the way that they've set up the story, it really is meant to be contained. So. Wow. And where can I catch this at? Yeah. Where is it on? It's an HBO Max original. See, another reason for me to get this, get another <laughs> streaming app. Look, and look, and if check you get it HBO out, Max, check it out. it's normally it's normally fifteen bucks, but it's only twelve bucks for your first year. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, see, you just throw that in there. It might happen. It might happen. It might happen after this is over. It might happen. <laughs> Let's let's finally get around to talking about Lovecraft Country in depth. I have only seen the first episode. Um, I know that there are four out by the time yes. that this episode releases. I only got around to seeing the first. A lot of it's just time commitment, like I said. But I did want to be able to talk about it today. And uh, I I don't think I loved it as much as Raised by Wolves. But I'm. It's definitely one that I can see myself watching more, just because, like I said, Raised by Wolves is that really deep intellectual pay attention thinking all the time uh but i really liked that first episode of lovecraft country and oh yeah that, uh, that was amazing so the plot of the show is that so the main character I, I don't know anybody's names he is from chicago right yes atticus okay atticus yes. is traveling from chicago to what i presume is the deep south 
to find his missing father? Actually, he did not go to the Deep South. He actually goes to Massachusetts. So that's okay. where uh, that's where his father his father is at. And they're just like, so they're basically kind of like in the backwoods of like the Midwest and like making their way to Massachusetts. Okay, because, yeah, it definitely feels like they stop in Kentucky and Alabama at some point. Yeah. And this takes place in the 1940s. Yes. So it definitely takes place in the old time. Um, and uh, and on top of all of this, uh, aliens exist and are violent. Yeah. So uh, they're not as prominent as I expected them to be. I don't know if that changes after the pilot. I oh, just yeah. I expected <laughs> more encounters with aliens other than just the intro and outro of the pilot. So when you get past that first episode and you keep going on, it like it keeps, it, I guess you can say it keeps growing like with everything that's going on with him, like trying to find his father and like learning about his family's legacy. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Like I honestly, at this point from the fourth episode, I do not know where this show is headed, but I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch it because it's still, it's really good because it just keeps you like trying to figure out like, okay, which way is this person going to go? Like, which way is this plot going to go? Like, you just don't know where it's going to take you. And that's why I like it so much because it's a ride. It's like a roller coaster ride, but a fun one. Okay. This show is based off of a novel by Matt Ruff. And I believe the novel is, so for Lovecraft, those of you familiar with H.P. Lovecraft, I believe it's based off of a lot of Lovecraft's works, yes. although it's not written by H.P. Lovecraft himself. Yes. The show is created and ran by Misha Green, who yes. is probably most known for, he was a writer on Spartacus. Um, he's done some other stuff, Underground, Helix, a couple episodes of Hero, a couple episodes of Sons of Anarchy. Uh, on the looks like just the last season yeah um because when you were saying like the stuff that he did like underground was a really good show which journey uh journey smollett who's on lovecraft country which is like she got the starring role in this show and when she was on that show so it's kind of nice to see them still working together and seeing her too since with her being a child actor and seeing her grow into like these more like interesting roles i'm like i am definitely like looking forward to it okay there's a lot. There's a lot of recognizable names. Oh, there's a couple at least. Uh, the Courtney B. Vance uh, and Jonathan Majors and Journey Smollett are the main characters, at least in the first episode. Uh, but it looks like Michael Kenneth Williams is in here somewhere, and I mean, yes. it's always a treat to have him. So good. Um, I, love him. I don't think I. I don't think I've encountered him yet in oh, the show. You will. Okay. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Okay, I was like, I think I would remember yeah, I was if like, you would. <laughs> Omar from The Wire. You would definitely know. I have a lot positive to say about the show. The other thing is this is uh, produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams, which, yes. holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> um, as soon as they said that, I was in. Yep, um, I was. <laughs> I have a lot of things to say about this. Primarily, um, <laughs> I love the, the messages about race and racism that the show yes. is bringing. It's very timely. Yes. It's, uh, it's very prominent. Um, it feels authentic, um, sometimes feels exaggerated, but this is an exaggerated world. I think any other story could have been just about white people encountering this world. But I love that they're adding this extra element um, to make it a little bit more meaningful. So. Yes, that's what I liked about it, too. Like, because I was like, how can you throw racism 
in with sci-fi like how can it actually work and it does it actually does work they just make the story they they make it believable like you said they make it they make it believable they don't make you just sit there and be like oh no like that would never happen but it's like most of the stuff that does happen throughout this movie or not movie this show it does happen like i didn't even know there was like a real thing as a sundown law from like the first episode didn't know that but Mm. um i'm and so there's like there's a lot of things that go on in this show where it's like oh yeah i'm like i can believe that happened or i'm like oh wow i never knew that would like that ever happened so it's just it's a lot it's a lot that deals with like basically what's going on still but i wouldn't say that it i would say it was worse now or not now i would say it was worse back then than it is now like especially with like the sundown law because it's like if you got to get to somewhere before the sun goes down it's like that's scary in a way when you think about it but i love that they do have like a solid story within this like i just never thought like holy cow like how are they gonna make this work like sci-fi like the thought of like vampires and monsters and it's just i just i love it because it's just the kind of stuff that i love i i think is is it just aliens or is there also vampires and monsters I guess you can say it deals with like a lot of demons. It's like demons, monsters, aliens. It's just, I guess you can say it's like, it's like all over the spectrum when it comes to that part. Okay. The only thing I think I've encountered yet is aliens, but they definitely have laws of a lot of monsters. Like they definitely have zombie rules about if you get bitten by an alien, you'll turn and they definitely have vampire uh, elements to them. And it feels Mm -hmm. like they have like, Godzilla elements to them in sometimes yes. or like or like the specifically they f- they look and feel a lot like the uh, the skull crawlers from Kong Skull Island um which is just freaking scary yeah it's just like all them eyes like on the back of their body is like what is that right right so the other positives I have to say about this is that there is one of the most intense scenes I've ever seen in TV in the first episode and all I'll say is it's a two-parter. Actually, two separate really intense scenes. One of them is a conversation about the White House. And it's oh, yeah. incredibly intense. And I just don't want to ruin anything about that. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, and if you know, you know. <laughs> yes. The the most <laughs> impactful, the most tense scene I felt in a long time it just involves, the best way to describe it is just, just involves two cars driving the speed limit on a road. Yes. And yes. my heart was racing so fast. <laughs> yes. um, it was incredible. Yes. Um, I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And I, like you, was not aware of Sundown Laws until the yeah. show. So, which is one thing I've really appreciated about uh, HBO's content recently is they're telling you a lot of things about history that we've just decided we don't want to talk about, specifically yeah. Lovecraft Country bringing about this and HBO's Watchmen's bringing about the the Black Wall Street and the Tulsa Massacre. Yes. So it, I, I just got to give HBO credit for that stuff. Thank just you. doing Round great stuff. Pause. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I don't have any more notes about Lovecraft Country, uh, but I know you love it. So, man, talk away if you need. <laughs> I'm actually pretty good. I actually said what I need to say. I just, it's just a, I guess you can say, it's just a really good show. It doesn't feel like it's out of its time. It's just one of them shows where it's like it makes you like experience, I guess you could say the black experience, but it also shows you like, hey, it's like we can do sci-fi stuff, too. Like we can be the protagonist, too. Like we can take on the world. Like so 
that's that's pretty much what I have to say. I just love the show. <laughs> okay. I'm very excited to keep watching it. Like I said, I think I will put this on over Raised by Wolves, but it's only because um, I think Raised by Wolves I enjoyed more, but it, that one's just dark and heavy and you have to pay attention the whole time. The, kind of my right. one knock about Lovecraft Country was that it there's a lot to introduce to this world um, in the first yes. episode. And so for that reason, it felt incredibly long, specifically the first like 30 minutes. And there's so much that you have to understand about the world that's going on. Um, yes, I feel like yeah. I really need to watch this episode again to understand even what's going on. But it also kind of felt like that first episode took two hours, which <laughs> is in some ways good and in some ways bad. It's my only knock about the show, but it's really not even much of a knock at all. Anyway, uh, so what shows do you uh, try to keep up on a week-to-week basis that we haven't yet talked about? A good one for me would probably be like last week tonight with John Oliver. Okay. That's that's like a main one for me. I try yeah, I, to stay up on that so much. <laughs> I had to list that as well because I hadn't talked about that yet. It's it's really the only like late-night talk show I'll watch. Um, if I want like a regular one, I'll typically kind of gravitate towards Colbert. Uh, but that's pro- a lot of it is because I have the history of him on the Colbert Report. And I, I like Jimmy Fallon on YouTube, but I don't know that I want to sit down and watch his whole show. I want to watch the things that are trending. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think he, I think he is a fine host, but he's really he's got the best and most creative writing staff. I almost yeah. wonder just swap Seth, My- Seth Myers and Jimmy Fallon. And I would appreciate that much more. <laughs> I think. <laughs> So yeah, last week tonight with John Oliver, I just like how, I think it has a little bias because every political talk show does, but it's definitely the least biased talk show I've seen. Um, They kind of, they kind of are (laughs) anti-everyone. Yes, (laughs) pretty much Um, they are. They're just just like, here's something that's stupid about our country and you should be mad. It's like, okay. And it's told to you by a British person, but there's something so creative about the way that they do titles uh they're you know they they'll introduce a topic and they'll have man they're photoshop experts last week tonight <laughs> so uh and they're just clever with their transitions john oliver is the perfect host uh he is it's 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 no wonder why he's won so many emmys and essentially has as long as he ever wants on hbo <laughs> i was like literally like so. looking forward to like catching his like i was like looking this sunday for it and i totally forgot that he's like on vacation right now and i'm just like okay i'm like what am i supposed to watch now i'm like i have i'm like i have nothing like like what am i supposed to do with my time because it's like i do try and watch the daily show but i don't know what it is about john oliver like i'll watch last week before i will watch the daily show and i love trevor sure. Noah. like don't get me wrong but yeah. But I don't know what it is about John Oliver. John Oliver, I don't know. He just keeps me like focused like on everything that he talks about because it's just the way he delivers. It's the way he delivers okay. it. And it's just it's just one of those where it's like you just sit there and he just has you drawn in and it's just like you just like that's true. Like that's true. But he has like that that funny like element to it. So it's just not like all serious, but it is, but it just keeps you it just keeps you going and just thinking about like what he's saying and like just making me focus this is the only way i can watch political stuff if it is john oliver (laughs) same yeah because he cleverly disguises it in a lot of comedy and also i feel like he talks about things that nobody else was talking about and they're all like he talks about the things that are important and he's like nobody else is talking about this but let's take a look at how this actually so like three or four weeks ago he was talking about covid but it was like it wasn't just COVID in general. He was talking about how COVID in prisons is 
a nightmare and it's something that we need to talk yes. about and figure out. And it was just like, I didn't know this was as big of an issue as it is. Thanks for enlightening yeah. me on this. Or you talk about uh, mail fraud. He talked about uh, after the, uh, he talked a couple weeks after the shooting of George Floyd, he talked, he talked about um, how in, in general, the police has a long history of white supremacy, and white suppression. It was just like things I didn't know. It's like, Oh, these are all important to know. Um, yes. And he's, he's talked about just a lot of, a lot of really important things that aren't necessarily your current hot topic, the things that you don't yeah. really catch on CNN. And that's why that's why I enjoy him because there's some things, like you said, like he'll talk about and it's like, wow, it's like, I never knew about this. I'm like, thank you for informing me because it's like your actual news stations, they don't even tell you. It's like they just brush it under the rug and it's like, we need to know about these things. It also just makes me really happy. Uh, most episodes before quarantine end on some big bombastic thing and it's just like just crazy ridiculous and since quarantine that hasn't really happened anymore but they're like you know they bought like a bunch of wrestle quo a crow equipment from gladiator that the last block blockbuster was closing they were selling and it was just like they bought it all they're like who would be stupid enough to buy that we would it cost us ten thousand dollars it's here in our studio for no other. it's just like <laughs> they always do something big and grand and just like okay john oliver <laughs> it's like i uh, love it it's just like he's over the top with it right since we are talking about uh shows we keep up on a week to week week to week basis i have to mention america's got talent i am um it's getting to the end so you won't have to hear me talk about it much more um but i <laughs> um this is a weak season most seasons i watch are have like by the time we get to the finalists the top 10 I'm like, okay, I like all yeah. 10 of these acts, or at least most of the acts, at least eight. I really love one act that's in there. I don't know that I love any other act that's in there. Um, and I l really loved one act that got voted off this last week. I think Malik Dope, he was the drummer, is the most underrated act of the season because he just got voted off. And uh, it's it's just a shame because he is my second favorite act of the season. But uh, Brandon Leak, wow. I mentioned him on last episode. He's terrific. He's going to win it. If he doesn't, it's a travesty and it's rigged because um, he is absolutely terrific. But there's just this is a weak season. Uh, and it, I think part of it is it feels weak because at, right after auditions or at the end of auditions, COVID hit. And so all of a sudden they had to take away their audience. And so the way that people perform for the quote unquote live shows is a lot of times a pre-recorded tape or a live performance that is not in the building um, that has to be outside or something like that, which sometimes they do anyway, but it, it just, it loses all the energy when all of a sudden I'm watching a music video because it's also not like a stationary camera and here, do your thing. Like it's a full on production and yeah, it is one take. You get one shot to do it. Right. But right. it doesn't feel like it. And it doesn't feel, I don't, you don't feel the pressure they have of, you know, 20,000 people in an auditorium watching them, staring at them. They don't, they don't have that. And so some of the singers do like their own thing on stage. It just, it doesn't feel right. And they're talking right now about next season. And it's like, dude, if COVID doesn't go away, I don't want to watch next season because I don't want to keep watching it in this format. Wait until you can have an audience again and then I'll happily continue exactly. watching. But yeah. anyway, I had to mention that Brandon Leak to win it all. Um, and if he doesn't, then uh, we riot. <laughs> Uh, and the other thing is I did watch the first three episodes of The Boys because I love that show. Uh, I will be keeping up with it. On a week -to -week have you yeah, seen the first have, season? 
yes, I have seen the first season. That's why it's sitting in my queue right now. I'm like, I don't know what's taking me forever. It's taking me forever. And I know the next episode is getting ready to come out tomorrow. So it's like, okay, like, I think it's because I'm waiting for my mother because me and my mom, like, we watch our shows together. Mm -hmm. So that's one of our shows. And it's like, I know she's been busy. I've been busy. So it's just like, one of these days, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch this show because we've been waiting over a year and I'm really excited to watch it. And it looks really good for this second season. So I'm just like, let's go. It's I, I really love the first three episodes. Um, the third episode is terrific. It's the best of the three. It's really good. I like the direction they're taking the season. It feels a lot like the show that we got in the first season. It doesn't feel like they've tweaked much. Hey. Um, but it also feels a little different because there is, based off of the events of the last season, there is a lot of conflict between um, the, oh shoot, what's his, Bish, uh, not Bish, uh, the Carl Urban's character. What's his name? Butcher. Uh, Butcher and yes. Huey. There's a lot of like, conflict and struggles between the two and uh butcher's also kind of trying to deal with the revelation of the cliffhanger of season one and right god i i love this show it's terrific and i can't wait to keep going i just i had to watch the first three episodes i watched them the first day that they were available i had to watch them because this is one of those shows that i'm happy the first season was just all at once and yeah i like how they were taking the different approach of you know, I get some time. I want to watch it. I want to talk about it with people. I want to, to discuss it in real time. I don't want to feel behind because if you give me 10 episodes and say, here, watch 10 hours worth of content, it's going to take me some time to get, but one hour a week I can handle. I like that approach that they are able to do that because it's like the same approach they did with the Mandalorian. It's like, they make us wait a week. So it's like, okay, so like you said, it'll give you time to be like, okay, like, let's talk about this really quick before the new episode comes out. Instead of right. having to wait and wait for that one person to like binge every single episode and be like, okay, what are your thoughts when it's like, you're like way past, like way past them already working on another show. So it's, it's a lot easier, especially when you need enough time to get through something that's, this is the way to do it. I wish that they would have done um, just a week to week as opposed to three right now and then one later because you're still talking right. that loading commitment uh, and it's going to make your season run a little shorter. And, you know, I, I get what they're going for. HBO Max did the same strategy. You get three now and then you get one every week for however long the show is going. Um, and I, I understand that strategy, get you a loading dose and get you hooked. Um, but especially like for a season two, like, I get if you want to do that for, like, a pilot, like, especially something like Lovecraft Lovecraft Country, if you were able to just drop the first right. three episodes and then, you know, hey, you'll get another one next week. Like, I, that would have been terrific. Um, uh, they, they did that with Raised by Wolves, so episode four hasn't come out yet by the time we're recording this. Um, uh, but they dropped the first three, right. so it's the time to kind of get you into it. And I, you know, I just, I like that they're doing that, but especially, like, for something like a season two, like The Boys... I just give me week to week um, because I don't need that loading dose because season one is that loading dose. Yes. I, I felt like almost, almost pressure to watch it immediately because it's a show I care about because the show I wanted to experience because I don't want to be spoiled on anything that's going on. So I, I wound up just binging them back to back to back because I had a spare Friday afternoon and I'm excited that all it is, is just, you know, watching one a week now uh but like that's why i think the mandalorian is great yes. um, for that release strategy of yes. just one a week 
especially because there's enough to talk about each week. And there is with the boys, too. So, yes, it is. Uh, but, you know, you're, you and your mom may have watched it already. <laughs> if it wasn't, you need to sit down for three hours to watch this if it would have just been one. So, right. anyway, right. end rant. That's why it's like, take me forever. <laughs> so, what shows do you have on your queue? Um, it would be, of course, like I just said, The Boys is on my queue right now. Um, the Handsmaid's Tale is still on my queue. Um, after listening to the podcast, Homecoming is on my queue, and the Teenage Bounty Hunters are on my queue. Which one's Homecoming? Homecoming is the one that's on um, Prime Video. Um, it's the one that was with, um, what is her name? Julia Roberts. It started off with Julia Roberts, and then it. it's now with um, Janelle Monet in the second season. Got it. Okay, that's that's right. That sounds familiar now. And I know you told me you had a ton of other things on your queue, so this is kind of the immediate, this is kind of yeah. the next to watch. Yeah, it's going to be um, most definitely. Yeah, next to watch for me is still going to be, once I finish with Scrubs, I'll watch F is for Family. My wife and I want to watch The Mandalorian before season two comes out, because she has not seen season one. And then kind of when, as soon as I finish Preacher, I will then get around to Fargo. As Shane told me I should yes. watch two months ago, and I really want to watch Fargo. So, yes, um, Fargo is such a good show. Yes. And, you know, pretty soon, uh, two months from now, we're going to get our This Is Us back. So I got to add that in my rotation because Yay. I love that show. And I, I know that it's a, you know, almost a soap opera, but I can't get enough. Yes. Such a tearjerker, man. So, so what would you say is your favorite show of all time? Uh it will be Rest in Peace, Game of Thrones. Okay. It was it was definitely one of those shows where it was like as soon as it came on at six o'clock every like almost every Sunday, it was like I had to be front and center on that TV. Like I had to. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that last season, but before that, the show was great. It was so great. I don't so you, know how they dropped the ball. So you don't like the last season? <laughs> oh man. It was one of those seasons I felt like was rushed. Um they made us wait like two hours or two hours. They made us wait two years for this last season where they're like, oh, they're going to be movie length episodes. Like it's going to be like one of the best. And it's like you get it. And it's just like they literally just they just felt like they were rushing. They just it yep. was just like we're just going to just knock everything out. It's like here. Here's this. Here's that. Oh, here's this person as the king. Like, OK, story's over. And it's just like. There was like so many plot points in that show that I felt that were wasted. Yep. That they could have just kept going with it, but it's just like, okay, our time is over. We just got to finish this up. Let's wrap this up. All right, let's go home. And that's how I felt when that season ended. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that I hated the last season, but I definitely didn't love it. Um, I have not read the yeah. books. I'm not as big of an apologist on Game of Thrones. Like I, I really enjoyed the show, but I was never, this is the yes. best show of all time. I was never on the hype train. Uh, and part of it is I didn't watch it in real time until season six. So, you know, the Red okay. Wedding had already happened three years before yeah. I eventually got around to watching it. And yeah. when it did happen, <laughs> yes. I was like, holy crap, this is what people are loving. Yes. Uh, but also because I had been conditioned yes. to, hey, don't get attached to a ter- character because they're about to die. Like, right. because I had heard exactly. that a million times, I, I, yes. I it kind of, ru- kind of ruined the experience for me. But I, I think season six is probably my bet, the favorite, my favorite actually. And I know that that's a bit of a controversial opinion, but I loved season six. That's the, uh, the first one they did without 
um, the books. And a lot of that is because the finale is terrific for that season. That's the one where um, uh, Joffrey's little brother, like they blow up the, they blow yeah, up just... with the green gas stuff. They blow up King's Landing, and yes, they, uh, that was such a yeah. That was and the episode season. before that is the Battle of the Bastards, which is the best episode they've done. Yes, so yes, um, that's it. oh my god. Yeah, I had to agree with you. Season six is pretty much it was it was a really good season. That was I know a, really a lot of people season. kind of bank on it, because, uh, like rag on it because it's you know there is a difference in quality of the dialogue because there's no books to base everything off of anymore. Yes. But I don't I don't care. I. Yeah, and I the last the last season, yeah. <laughs> um, I I have my issues with primarily being the White Walkers were amped up this whole series and they're just taken away like it's really nothing. And out of exactly. all the characters you could have killed, you killed my favorite. The uh, I can't even remember her name off the top of my head right now, which is obviously my favorite character. The the little girl that's the king or the queen, I guess, of um, like an allied Stark country. Uh, she's sassy yes What's her name? i know exactly who you talk- yes i know exactly um, who you're talking about i was so sad when she died somebody somebody listening is just yelling <laughs> right they're just gonna be like oh my god it's like i'm sorry i'm like i'm trying to figure this out uh leanna mormont thank you leanna her. mormont she, she was, was my favorite was and awesome. i just i every every fiber of my being wanted her on the throne at the end of the series <laughs> She was so. She was just as for as small as she was. She was powerful. She was definitely powerful. But she just, it just, it was just sad the way she went out. <laughs> I mean, she went down like a champ though, getting crushed by a giant. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I was just like, you know, like yeah, you could have killed anybody, and you killed her. You- oh my god, yes. It's like when I saw that scene, I was just like, I was devastated. But I was just like, I mean, it it, yeah. it had to be. You and you're and you're right. It, the whole the whole yeah. season was rushed as well. But like I said, the uh, um, the White Walkers being not really much of a threat at all was very disappointing, especially because that was episode three. It's yeah. like, there's four more and episodes. Like, like I expected this <laughs> right. to be like episode six, and then immediately they would turn around and attack Daenerys. Yes. Like, I was like, come wow. on! I was like, that was um, fast. <laughs> so. I, I really liked Game of Thrones. I would not say, even before the final season, I don't think it'd be in my top 10 favorite shows of all time. Like, even top 10 hour-long favorite shows of all time. Uh, I would put things like Sons of Anarchy and Luther and yes. Westworld above them. Yeah. So, my answer has been, in the past, Batman the Animated <laughs> Series. Uh, and even though I am rewatching that right now, last month I did change it, and I'm going to stick with that change. I'm going to officially change my answer to... Uh, HBO Watchmen series because such a good show. As I'm watching Batman the animated series, I love it and it's terrific. And most episodes are stellar, but there are episodes that just aren't anything special right. other than the voice acting. And there is no connective narrative uh, except for like two episode arcs. And that, you know, it's 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 probably the best animated show of all time, but. To say it's the best show of all time is, I mean, it's just, it's purely nostalgia and my love for Batman fandom saying that. And, you know, they, they, they accomplish so much and I can't take away anything from them other than it's just HBO Watchmen is stellar. It's perfectly casted. Yes. It's got really interesting twists. It feels like a natural progression for where the graphic novel would leave us, you know, 20 years later, 30 years later, however long it was. It feels like a world that has been lived in. Uh, it feels also original. It and, and 
above all two things, it has the my favorite episode of TV ever. It, uh, well, at least favorite hour-long episode of TV ever, which is the second to the last episode where you see things from Dr. Manhattan's perspective. Yes. That's a crazy good episode. I don't know. It's the smartest written TV episode ever. Uh, but also just, it's so important. Uh, it has a good, important message to it and introduced me. I legitimately thought that Black Wall Street was made up for the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's just signs of good storytelling. Yes. When you find out that, no, yeah. that's it actually happened. So, it was real. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I have officially I have officially changed to HBO Watchmen is my favorite TV series of all time. It was a really good show. So I actually enjoyed yeah. it. All right. So last segment we have on um oh, sorry did you want to talk about Watchmen? oh no we're good we're actually good okay <laughs> last segment we have on this sif topic is chantal yes what is one hot take that you have about tv well of course because i've been talking about it for the whole time it would be lovecraft lovecraft country to me right now is the best thing on hbo since Watchmen. I since Watchmen <laughs> is not currently on right. HBO because it's not actively, you know, airing right. uh, or or in production. Yes. Obviously, that can't be the cake. I I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. Although in mind, I haven't watched all of Lovecraft Country. Right. I I do enjoy Barry more. I do enjoy Westworld more. I you know, even despite Westworld's mediocre second season i think season three more than made up for that but season one is one of my favorite seasons of tv ever yeah but i think i think barry or um westworld are are the ones for me that are gonna trump that (laughs) but like i said respectfully i mad respect for yes it's it's maybe the most important show on hbo right now so which is in itself a Huge accomplishment. My hot take is uh, is going to be very different from what I've done in the past. Uh, I've talked about Parks and Rec. I've talked about Breaking Bad. I've talked about The Office. My hot take hey. is going to be about HGTV. I love HGTV. Home Garden. Uh, it's perfect. <laughs> uh, it's perfect for background. It's perfect for when the parents are up. It's perfect for any number of things. My hot take is going to be that Property Brothers is the best show on HGTV. I don't know how much of a hot take that is, but I know 90% of people that watch HGTV will say that Chip and Joanna Fixer Upper is the oh, best. Yeah, the twins. And the, they're married. They're not twins. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the, I know most people would say Fixer Upper is the best, and Fixer Upper is, is good. Chip and Joanna have amazing personalities, but I, there's something special about the Property Brothers that we get the real estate aspect and we get the construction aspect and they're just so lovable. They, they seem so nice. Um, they seem like people that I want to root for. Right. So I love Property Brothers, but really I love uh, kind of the three go-tos for me are Property Brothers, HG, uh, Fixer Upper, and Love It or List It. The one show that I just cannot stand, you cannot get me to watch anymore, is Tiny House Hunters. Oh. <laughs> um, because... Every single person on that show is going through a midlife crisis. And I'm not saying that people that want a tiny house aren't legit. I'm not saying that you are going through a midlife crisis if you want a tiny house. I'm saying everybody that's on that show is going through a midlife crisis and is so unrealistic with their demands. It's like, no, you want a smaller house. You don't want a tiny house. Like, I hate you. I hope you don't get this house. (laughs) And like, there was one episode that the, the thing that did it for me was there was this one lady 
uh, who was married, and she was definitely making all the decisions in the family. And they had three kids, uh, two boys and one girl, that were about to start middle school. Um, they were each like a year or two apart, and they wanted to downsize because they're like, we just have a lot of stuff everywhere, so we just want to downsize and live minimalistically. And But their solution for having a family of five in a tiny home was the loft was going to be a bedroom for the three kids to live together. The boys would sleep in the same bed together and the girl would get the smaller side of the loft. Oh, wow. And it's like three kids that are about to or currently going through puberty yes. living in one confined space is going to traumatize them. Yeah, that's not a good thing at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> And on top of all that, she was very adamant that the master bedroom had to be secluded enough that they could still have their private married time without being disrupted or heard by the kids. It's like, you can't have a tidy house and privacy. Like, There's no way. You just can't have There's it. No and, I, and I hate you and I hate your family <laughs> and I don't want you to be happy. There's no way. There's no way you can have special married time with, with three of your exactly. kids. Like, there's like a wall in between you. Get like, a tiny home after your kids exactly. have gone to college. How about that? Like, let them grow up first and then get your tiny house. Then do that. Right, right. Don't traumatize your right. kids. Especially if your reasoning is just wanting to downsize. It's like, you can downsize your home yeah. without getting a tiny house. It's like, let's not traumatize. Let's not traumatize the kids. <sighs> All right. Anyway, so the rant, the hot take was Property <laughs> Brothers is the best show. <laughs> But I can't talk about HGTV and not talk about my hatred for <laughs> Tiny House. That was great. Okay. Well, let's move on to the B-plot. This is a question from Joseph. Uh, he's specifically forbade me from answering Scrubs. Uh, <laughs> even though Scrubs is a good answer for this, uh, for this question. Joseph wanted to know, what is a TV show that went on for too long? So we each have... Two, three, four, five, six shows. Uh, so we're going to do a back and forth order. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Uh, tell us about a show that you think went on for too long. Um, I would have to say Big Bang Theory. I, for me, who was a fan of that show when it first started, I was just like, this show is actually pretty new. It's fresh. I like it. It's just a bunch of nerds just doing what they love best. And it's like you got the girl next door. And it's just it was just one of those fun shows that I just love watching all the time. And it would make me laugh and I would enjoy it. And it was just it was only 30 minutes. So it was just like one of those shows that's just like really short, but it was still good. But then it's like time went on. It just seemed like it just started to lose its momentum. It just seemed like the same gag and like just like everybody just seemed like they were just going with the motions of it all. And I just was like, this is just not the show for me anymore. And I just ended up just saying, well, I'm done watching that and just, just left it alone. And I, I literally cannot tell you what the last season was that I stopped on because I honestly can't remember, but yeah, it was one of those shows. I felt like they could have just stopped at, at one point and been like, sure. we're good. I never really liked the show. I got really mad. The only reason I, I did watch it is because when I was in high school, uh, my family and I would have dinner at the same time every day uh, at six o'clock and we'd watch a rerun on usually uh, the, the it was a, like a my 50 Chicago. And so it was usually like reruns of shows on like CBS or ABC or things like that. But also like modern shows. It wasn't like, you know, they were doing reruns of like MASH or the old Batman's, which, you know, also like aren't bad. Um, right. Uh, it was perfect because when we started doing that, we started kind of finding that channel. How I Met Your Mother was on at six and six thirty, and that's a perfect like 
that was how I got into the show is just by watching those reruns. And then all of a sudden right. it came on Netflix and I was watched it all in chronological order and got to real time by like the second to the last season. And then big bang theory start took over how I met your mother. And it's such a different show in, and it's such a right. worse show. It's um, <laughs> I understand why some people like it. Um, I cannot believe it lasted for as long as it did. And I can't believe it got Same. the ratings it did. Um I, I think you're right. A lot of the jokes are very one note. It's like, oh, Sheldon's apathetic to everything. Yes. That's the joke. Yes. And Always. Penny is way too hot for Leonard. And their relationship makes no sense. And Howard yells at his mom. And Raj is quiet and shy. It's like, it's the same joke every single every single time. Yes. And, it's like nothing changed. And and Will Wheaton is somehow a complete douchebag. Like, yes. I was like, well, okay. Just, I guess that works. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. It's it's not a show that was ever meant for me, I don't think, but right. you're right. It went on for too long. Yes. I'm going to kick us off by talking about a show that we've already talked about, and it's Community. Um, again, not having seen season six, I think probably the best way to, to have ended that would have been when Dan Harmon left, just find a way to uh, to wrap that up with season four or just, you know, make that last hoorah that season five. Oh, no, season four was not Dan Harmon. Season one through three was Dan Harmon. Four was not, and five he came back. So make that your last two raw and just go for your your final season. Uh, especially you know by that point Chevy Chase was off the show, um, and I think that was when Donald Glover left as well. And so it's just I mean, it was a totally different show by that point, and just I didn't love it. So wow. yeah, they should have just made your last two raw and and end the show on your terms. It went on for too long. How about another one from you? Um, I would have to say uh, American Horror Story. Even though I know like every season is a different one, it's always a different story or whatever. But to me, I just feel like, okay, can we get something else that's not like the same care? It's like the same actors and it's just like that same like Ryan Murphy feel. Like those first through like those first three seasons were pretty legit. Like I literally like love those three. Those are like one of the best, I think, out of that whole that whole anthology. But to me, I think I like stopped I, at Renook. I was just like, okay, this is like his stuff. It was starting to get a little too weird. And it was just almost a little too much to watch sometimes because sometimes when I would have to like watch, I think it was hotel. I had to be emotionally and mentally prepared to watch it because it was almost too much with Ryan Murphy. I feel like he goes a little too over the top with his stuff. And it's sometimes I understand you're trying to do like that whole thing. Like, oh my God, he's so like risque or he's just doing a little too much. And it's just like, okay, sometimes you have to stop and like pull back because sometimes the stuff he does was just, it was a little out there and it was almost too much to stomach. So it's just like, now I just feel like, okay, like when are these going to start running out? Like, like, can we just, just yeah. call it quits? <laughs> just call it quits. Yeah. Like work on yeah, something I, else. Um... <laughs> I only saw season one and I typically don't like horror movies, um, but I really loved the first season of American Horror Story. I watched it uh, in college with some friends that was, it was like right after um, season three had aired. I had watched um, season one and then we watched two right after that. I loved season one. I thought season two was okay. I eventually was so far behind uh, and I really wanted to get caught up so I could watch like freak show especially 
but even then that turned out to not be great and then the rona like all the seasons that sounded so promising turned out to be just okay and i realized i didn't have to watch season three four five six whatever to get to roanoke but i wanted to and if i was going to do it i was going to do it right and uh right yeah so i would agree with you um i think season one was terrific i i'm going to talk about (laughs) another show that we have talked about on the show before today i'm going to i'm going to say family guy and we talked about a lot this a lot earlier and i just uh i don't know where that cutoff point is but i'm going to say at least when seth MacFarlane started the orville family guy should have should have stopped um and right. i would rather have american dad keep going than family guy and i know they're both still going on different networks yes. now but either way i think so i think to some extent kind of both of them need to find a place to end soon otherwise yes, it's going to be run way into the ground and nobody's going to remember them even kind of fondly i tried to pick up an episode of family guy probably like three four years ago just something in was on adult swim reruns or something like that and but it was a newer episode and it was just it was not good at all (laughs) so family guy yes they're like and they're they're getting ready to start their 18th season i didn't even know it was on that long that's nuts well for another one for me and it's another one for you too that and we just got the announcement that it was ending with the set with the 11th season is going to be the walking dead I fell in love with that show as soon as it came on TV. Like, I was just like, this is something that's truly awesome. I'm like, they're finally exploring the world that is The Walking Dead. And mind you, I'm like a big fan of the comics. So I was just, I was like ready for it. So like those first few seasons, like I would say like one through one through four, they were really, really well. And then when you get to like five and beyond, it's just it started to dwindle. You could just see that this theme was starting to disappear. It just seemed like they were running out of material, even though the material was there. And it's like after a few of your fan favorites end up leaving, it's just the show just lost. It's, it lost its um, appeal. It's just, it, they're just milking it as they can go. And with the spinoffs as well, I'm just ready for this show to be over now it took me forever to get through i want to say like the last three yeah the last three seasons it took me forever to get through i would be the one that would be like front and center every sunday six o'clock amc i'm there and now i'm just like i'll catch it when i catch it and now it's just like now it's ending i hate to see it but i'm happy to see it go well and yeah they announced another spinoff too and it's just like okay (laughs) yes it's like, how many do you need? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 sec- I actually had that written down as well. Uh, I will second that, not as my official choice, but just to second you. Um, I, I think the first season was terrific. Um, it was intended to be a miniseries, but it got so popular that how could they say no to so much more money? Uh, exactly. And you know, the biggest show on cable TV for a while. I, I, I even like season. I like season two. I know a lot of people hated it. Season three was awful, in my opinion. Uh, that's the one where they were at the prison. I thought that should have been great. Yeah. Uh, I I just I hated it though. There's so many things I wish they would have done differently. So many things I didn't like. So many things that that was just so uninteresting and boring to me. So much underwhelmingness. Uh, I thought maybe it's a fluke season, but it did. I didn't check out season four until kind of like after, like I think season five was already going. So I checked out season four and I was like, this is better, but this is not great in my opinion. So I'm just gonna stop. And I haven't looked back ever since. And I have no regrets. If I was going to watch it again, I would watch just season one and stop. 
just consider it a mini series <laughs> like it was always originally intended because that's terrific. Yeah. So there's, there's that. Um, for my next pick, I'm going to pick uh, another show I've talked about on the show before. Let's talk about The Office. This show yeah. has never been my cup of tea. I've been pretty vocal about that. I don't understand its popularity as being such high, in high regards. Um, <laughs> it should have ended when when Steve Carell decided to leave. Uh, because and, and I know a lot of people rip on the last two seasons. Um, I think that the season after Michael leaves is actually really good. Um, I quite enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's just yeah. the very final season where Andy's MIA for half of it. And there's some other different like cast changes and the, it's just not clicking really well. And there's that really forced Jim and Pam aren't getting along super well. And Pam's kind of interested in this cameraman that's very interested in her. It's just, I'm not really buying any of it. It's definitely going on for too long. The finale was, was good. It was great. I'll give it that like the actual final episode, but the show should have ended when Steve Carell decided to quit and they could have, they could have had that last episode be kind of the penultimate episode and then have the finale the same way they did it fast forward several years. So that's it. That's what my thought is. All right. So for another one of mine, it would probably be always sunny. So for that one, it was a show that I like did enjoy always sunny in Philadelphia. It was like one of those shows that were like hilarious to me. And like the fact that they have like Danny DeVito on there is like it's like how did you get Danny DeVito on the show? And it's just and it just ran like well. Like it was just like one of those theme trains where they just ran with it and they like never stopped. So for this show to be on for so long as it is, I just feel like, okay, have you guys figured out where you're going to end this at? Because I just feel like you guys once again have dropped the ball again. Because for something that started off so well and good for someone who has been watching from the beginning and just to drop off because it just felt like it was just like the same sticks like every time. And it's just like I just needed something else instead of the same cringy comedy that they always did. I mean, it was great in the beginning, and then it just seemed like it just – dwindled it just started to drop for me it started to drop and I just feel like okay I'm like I believe like now they're into their 15th season coming up pretty soon I think I feel like they just need to like stop somewhere at one point because it's like how long can you go with a but with a group of friends who runs an Irish bar in Pennsylvania like what else can you actually do within like 15 seasons sure uh, this is the only one on your list that I am going to hardcore disagree with you on. I'm going to fight you on it ah! because I love <laughs> no. I love It's Always Sunny. Um, I still do. I started watching um, at the end of season three um, because we didn't have cable at the time and my brother picked up the DVDs and I was just hooked immediately. Um, and I, I do think the show has gotten better with time. A lot of that is because there are running gags that are brought back um that still that are just old and a lot of the cast members even the smaller cast members have gotten a lot more experience um as writers as directors as actors um i think that you know glenn glenn howerton's been doing ap bio and that's kind of stretched him i mean he's essentially playing the same character but he's um you know, he, he's getting a different aspect. And so I don't feel like his character feels run down yet. Uh, Charlie Day has been a huge star. Uh, horrible bosses in Pacific Rim and uh, some other yes. things. Uh, so kind of seeing the way his character has evolved has been great. Uh, the the girl that plays D, Caitlin Olsen, got 
um, or her own TV show that I think only lasted two seasons. Uh, but yeah, the Mick. um, yeah. So the, I mean, they they all got a lot of experience outside of It's Always Sunny, and for that, re- like as writers, as directors, as actors, and I think that each season has improved in its technical quality. Um, and I still really love this. And even like side characters like Jimmy Simpson, who plays the, uh, Mc, the, the like lead McPoyle. I mean, he's been doing like, yeah. he was in Westworld season one and a little bit in two and three. Like he's yes. been doing just a lot of cool things. So, um, uh, kind of seeing how everybody has <laughs> expanded a bit. It just, it. I disagree. I understand how you might see that. Uh, I disagree. I I think the show has the capacity because there is no overall arc to last 30, 40 seasons. And the other thing about it is they don't make a season every year. It's typically every two or three years. So it still feels fresh every time it comes on. This has been a while since I've seen it. So I've like, I, sure. <laughs> so I don't, like, I don't even know where to stop that, but I'm like, I would have to, I would have to respect your opinion. I would have to do that. <laughs> I'm going to talk about 24. I loved this show for a long time. I've seen every season except for the spinoff 24 legacy. I think that it lasted too long. And um, I think season one, three, four, and five are terrific, are excellent, are amazing. Seasons two, six, seven, and eight are just mediocre. And the revival season, season nine, the 24 live another day was kind of somewhere in the middle. I think the perfect ending would have been at the end of season five especially because that was five stellar seasons and there was a significant dip in quality after that. And, you know, just 24 is one of those shows that isn't afraid to kill off characters. Um, there weren't any characters as lovable after that point. Season five had the revival of Tony Almeida. Um, that was a great int- introduction. And there was an assassination of a main character in the pilot in like the first, like five episodes, five, uh, five, uh, like minutes of the season. And you're like, okay, crap's going down. So I, my answer is 24. It should have stopped at the end of season five or at the very least the end of season six and just ended on a mediocre note. What you got? So my other one will be Grey's Anatomy. That was a show that I like literally like fell in love with at the beginning. Um, It was just one of those good like doctor shows where it was like everything was intense and like everybody was just like everybody was working well together or they weren't or like everybody was like falling in love and like interesting like love interests and just it was just like one of those really good shows because it's like it's from Shonda who I love because she's done how to get away with murder or scandal so this with her being like her main like it was like her basically her main show before those other two I was like instantly hooked but then I think at some point, I felt like they kind of like dropped the ball. And I feel like the main, I think the main one where I just kind of like lost it was where they like did like a musical throughout, like in one episode where everybody was like singing. And I was just like, what is the reason for this episode? Like, it does not fit anything that was like the seriousness that is Grey's Anatomy. So when you like throw into like, something that's so good and then you have like a musical thrown in between it's like okay like what are you guys trying to do because I'm like it's not working like do not do this it's like it was too much and that was like (laughs) and that was what season I think seven yeah season seven when they did that and I was just like why did you guys do a music event and I was just like all right I'm done (laughs) I think that's where it like kind of like threw me for a loop when they did that 
that episode where it was like a musical and i was just like you guys shouldn't have like ever did that like y'all they could have just left it alone sure that was like weird to me for a show like that and you throw like a musical and it's just like okay this is not working (laughs) it's not working at all okay i'm gonna talk about that 70s show because I was actually talking about this with Jeremy Simpson on Twitter recently oh. because I mentioned how uh, Frank Kemp tweeted that there was a friend of the show, Frank Kemp, uh, that it left Netflix and went to YouTube TV, something like that. But Netflix got Cobra Kai, so it was all okay. And I said, that's why I buy all my stuff on physical, the things that I really enjoy, because I don't want to worry about having to have whatever subscription, especially right. since there always seem to be new ones popping up. Like I have all of Parks on Rec on DVD because... You know, I don't want to have to pay for Peacock to get it. And I have all of, I just have all of my favorite shows right. I own. And that 70 shows is one of them. And Jeremy Simpson re- replied and said, that 70 shows is an all timer and, and like with a question mark. And I was like, no, like it's good. It's not near the quality of a t- of the rest of the shows that I love. It's not near the quality of Scrubs or Community even or um at least the first couple seasons of community or right. um you know select seasons of the office or parks and rec it's not brooklyn 99 it's not near that quality but i do think it's good especially the first couple seasons before eric leaves um i think when he left that show was just destined to fail so um, that should have been the ending point as opposed to the one or two extra seasons that got tacked on uh, kind of when your lead character decides they want to move on, that's right. kind of the point where you should just realize it's been a good run. Let's just give everybody a good send off. Yeah. Um, and and frankly, yes. also for the whole series on Blu-ray, I paid like twenty bucks, and it's just like, you know, it's not like I go out and spent buku bucks like to find the office on DVD is like typically ninety right. bucks. It's, you know, it's not like I spent ninety bucks for that seventy. I wouldn't spend ninety bucks for that seventy. Show. I'd spend twenty. So, that's my <laughs> answer. That's not bad at all. Right. All right. So I think another one that is with yours will be Supernatural. Unfortunately, with this one, I I haven't watched an episode oh, of it. Okay. But I see it a lot, and I remember I remember watching. I remember trying to catch the very first episode, and I know that was like, I know that was like early. That was like the late two thousand. I think. When it first came on Supernatural, I think it was. I think it was like two. What was that? It was yeah, yeah. two thousand five. I remember I was like, oh, I'm like a new show, and I'm like, I really wanted to like watch it. And then for some very reason, I think yeah, I was like in high. I think I had just finished high school, and I wanted to like watch a new show. But then it's like I got into college, and then it was just like, oh wow. I'm like fifteen seasons. I was like, really already? I'm like, I never noticed that until it was just like all over, and everybody would talk about it. And I'm like, is this show really that good? I'm like, should I watch it? And then I was just like, maybe not. I I feel like it might be one of those shows where when it does finally end, I might if Netflix still has it, I might just just binge it. I might just binge it just to see because right now I'm just like I'm like. I'm just like, I'll just let it, I'll just let it be for right now. They are on their final season. It was supposed to end in March or April or somewhere around there, but because of coronavirus, they weren't able to film. So I think they are in post-production of the last couple episodes now, and they're going to air them in a month or two. So it will have ended shortly. And yes, I had that on my list. It was the very first show I wrote down because it's the definition of a show that went on too long. Um, I started watching, uh, I watched the season three finale live with my brother. 
And uh, I was like, this is terrific. And he had the first two seasons on DVD. So I watched them. I watched all seasons one through three before four aired. And then I watched four and five. And so the, the thing about this show is it was supposed to end at the end of five. The original creator always envisioned it as a five episode. He's told his story. He's going to step out now. And it was doing well. And they're like, well, everybody else wants to continue. So stay on as a producer. And he's like, okay, fine. But yeah. I don't, he's not writing. He's not directing. Not, nothing of the show. Because uh, then he went on to do Revolution, which lasted a couple seasons. And he's done several other shows. I think it was kind of on its last legs in season like seven or eight. But then Netflix got the rights to it. And it went on Netflix and had a huge surge of popularity. And so all of a sudden it was like, yeah, okay. everybody's watching this show. Like we can't stop right now. Uh, because as soon as it came on right. Netflix, everybody was watching it and had a huge resurgence. I w- I'm with you. I think it. I think it should have ended at five when he wanted to end it. And I don't think the rest of the seasons were necessarily bad. Um, I have not seen this current season or the last season, and I don't know that I plan on doing it. Although it's way less of a commitment for me than it is for you. Um, but also at this point, there's just so <laughs> yes. much lore, and I haven't watched a show in four years, I think. And so it's just how do you keep up with all the lore? Um, there's moments of brilliance in that show but if i were to ever watch it again i'd watch the first five seasons stop all right i have one more show here that i have listed um but i'm not going to talk about that one because i thought of something else Uh, i had listed two and a half men kind of same reasons for big bang theory that we talked about but i'm going to talk about house of cards instead okay i loved house of cards specifically the first two seasons i think are terrific and i think seasons three four and even five are good and season six was not. Uh, season six was the one that they had to adapt because Kevin Spacey. And so that was, and they, they just decided to make it their final season, which it was planning on being their final one anyway. Season six was not good. Seasons three, four, and five were good, not great. Seasons one and two were excellent. This is kind of that same. If I were to watch the show again, I would watch season one and two and stop. And especially because, spoilers... Um, at the end of season one, he becomes the vice president and the whole show is about him trying to get power and become the president. And the very end of season two is he's gotten the president impeached. And so he becomes the the president. And so it's literally wow. just him getting inaugurated. And it's like, he's finally achieved his goal. It's a terrific ending for exactly what the story was setting up in the beginning. And sure, there's so much unexplored territory, what happens now. But so I would say House of Cards. Right. Cool. We did it. Um, we talked about that. Let's one last thing before we, we, uh, we wrap up. We're going to do the spinoff. That's one thing in pop culture that we want to tell everyone to watch or avoid. I'm going to start us off here quick because it's going to be super quick. I'm going to talk about, I bought a video game recently that just came out. Uh, I bought the remastered version of Tony Hawk's pro skater one and two. And I am having a blast with it because I remember playing those games religiously on my PlayStation one. So um, I love that it's both games combined. Uh, I bought the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater original remastered in HD when it was on the Xbox 360, and I was mad that it wasn't backwards compatible, but also like I was still missing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater wow. 2. And so uh, I'm so happy that I have access to all of it. The HD remaster, uh, it looks good. Um, it's not like excellent or terrific, but you're also only paying 40 bucks for the game. It's not your typical 60 or 70 or something like that. So 40 bucks ain't bad at all. Um I, I like it um, there. I like how now I can play, you know, in with somebody else that has the game. We can kind of play over Xbox Live. Um, so if we finally have an option for non-local multiplayer, but there is local multiplayer as well. Uh, so I'm having a blast playing it again. I haven't played much of it, but it's bringing back all the nostalgia. The soundtrack is terrific. They've brought back most songs from the original two soundtracks, as well as added in some ones that fit well quite nicely. So 
Um, I love it. If you, if you were on the fence of, if you wanted it, or if you wanted to wait for a sale, you know, if you want to wait for a sale, fine, but it's worth your 40 bucks. What do you got for us? All right. Before I was going to say something, I was going to say Lovecraft Country, but since I talked about it so much, I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> what I want everybody to watch would probably be the, uh, the drama series Ozark that is streaming on Netflix Ooh. in the last season, which was the third season came out in March. Mind you, I have been wanting to watch it as long as I could because I kept seeing everybody on my timeline on Facebook talk about this show. My parents binged it within two days and then they told me about it. So I was like, all right, I will have to watch this show. So I finally binged it because the whole pandemic, it gave me a chance to binge it and I instantly fell in love. And now I can understand what the hype is about about this show. And I cannot wait for this fourth season, the fourth and sadly the final season, which of course is going to be broken up into two parts. So I'm definitely excited about that. So I can't wait. Yeah, this is one of those shows that's on my queue and I will get around to eventually. I just haven't. Yes. For a million reasons because there's a million shows to watch. Yes. So, well, uh, that's a wrap. Quick reminder that Sif Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or Studio DNA in your podcast player feed. So, if you're on Pocket Casts or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you listen to, um, if you're interested in writing for sifpop.com, you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore during the B plot, then you can email us at writersroom at sifpop.com. The email address is in the episode description for you there, or you can DM me on Twitter. Uh, if you want to support the show, help out with some costs we pay for out of pocket, such as fees, equipments, and rentals, you can Venmo me at Schweitcastle, or you can email writersroom at sifpop.com, and I'll provide you with the PayPal information that you can send that to. And just as a side note, uh, we are separate from Sifpop proper, so if you are a patron uh, for Sifpop, that goes to Sifpop Weekly, which is uh, which is great. So um, if you want to support Sifpop Writers Room, then you can check out the things that I've uh, listed here. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. You have no idea how much that actually helps out the show. Uh, if you're interested in connecting with me, you can find me at Schweitcastle on Twitter or on Letterboxd. Uh, or you can search Sif Pop the Writer's Room in Letterboxd and you can find my profile that way. But that's how you can find me. Continue this conversation. Chantal, where can people continue this conversation with you, where can they tell you about how it's always sunny in Philadelphia is actually still great and, uh, and worth keeping around where, uh, where can that happen? All right. So it's, you'll find me on Twitter at underscore Akira X O, which is A K I R A X O. Well, Hey, it has been uh, an absolute pleasure talking with you this week. We're going to have you on in a couple of weeks actually again. So we're going to be talking in a couple weeks about uh, a nostalgia movie where you picked that we'll talk about Titanic. So very excited for that. Next week on the show, uh, we're going to be talking some goats with Robert again. So here's your last chance reminder to watch L.A. Confidential and Dr. Strangelove or just be spoiled on the show um, and not have an idea what's going on. But anyway, that uh, it's 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 been an awesome episode, and thank you so much again. And uh, meantime, uh, we got to get back to the writers' room. <laughs>